On the issue of schools funding, throughout Term 2, the national political landscape was changing on an almost weekly basis. First, the Turnbull government were not providing additional funding. Then, with the so-called Gonski 2.0, they announced $18 billion in increased funding. At first, the plan would include independent and Catholic schools, but then they would be excluded for the first 12 months of new arrangements. Then the $18 billion became $23 billion. Then there was a school funding oversight body. Then the Greens were considering supporting the new bill, and then they weren't. Jackie Lambie and Nick Xenophon, two senators who had each given personal ironclad guarantees that they would not support anything less than the full needs-based funding model outlined in the original Gonski funding plan, both ultimately supported Turnbull's new legislation. And so it was, with a mix of crossbench support, that the coalition government were able to pass their new funding model despite the opposition of Labor and the Greens. The new model is far from the needs-based, sector-blind principles at the core of the original Gonski Review. It locks in arbitrary funding levels for non-government schools that will see many such schools receive well in excess of the minimum school resource standard just from public funding, while many public schools cannot expect to reach the minimum resource standard even after the 10-year funding model has been rolled out. The new model also fails to deliver on students with disabilities loading, and continues to leave some of our most vulnerable students in schools without the resources and supports that the Gonski Review identified that they needed. The question for teachers and the union movement is, where do we go from here? At annual conference in July, President Maury Mulherin had this to say about the next stages of the campaign. So the future campaign, we're going to reaffirm today our strongest commitment to continuing this campaign. If they think that somehow we've been bought off or we're confused or we're not sure or it's all too complicated, it's all too messy or we're too tired or our members are going to give up or there are other priorities, well, they've got another thing coming. This will be the campaign that we take forward into the future and we will take it with our, um, with our colleagues. Coming from annual conference, there were two stories that also generated considerable media interest. The first arose from research commissioned by Federation into the growing presence of commercial operators in our public schools. Conducted by Bob Lingard, Greg Thompson, Anna Hogan and Sam Seller, the research surveyed teachers' perceptions and attitudes of the inclusion of commercial products and services in public schools. Here's Anna Hogan speaking at annual conference. The aims of the SIPS project were to understand the extent and nature of commercialisation, the enablers of commercialisation and the implications of commercialisation for Australian public schools, and also to document the existing political strategies in relation to the commercialisation of schooling, particularly the case of resistance in New York State. The accompanying report to this presentation consists of four component parts. First, you will find an account of the literature examining what is happening in education systems in relation to commercialisation in schooling. Our definition of commercialisation is the creation, marketing and sale of education products and services to schools by private providers. Commercial providers are now major suppliers to school systems and local education markets, offering ready-made solutions to the various problems schools might face. These services often include the provision of curriculum content, assessment services, 
data infrastructures, digital learning, remedial instruction, professional development for teachers, and school administration support. In the commercialised school, public monies intended for public schooling are being used to fund the operation of commercial businesses. Yet to date, the scope of commercial activities in schools remains largely invisible, as commercialisation has crept into schools as a seemingly necessary way to deliver education in the 21st century. The full research report and a summary of findings can be found on Federation's website at nswtf.org.au forward slash CIPSINT. Another issue raised at annual conference was that of affordable housing for teachers. The price of real estate in most urban and suburban areas, particularly in Greater Sydney, have left teachers unable to afford to live in or near the communities in which they teach. With student enrolments expected to grow in these areas by up to 20% in coming years, the ability of teachers to afford to live in communities is a growing issue with the potential to become a crisis in future years. General Secretary John Dixon informed annual conference of Federation's plan to work with key partners on this issue. I think the main thing is we've got to tackle this three ways. Um, We've got to be looking at local housing associations and ramp those up in size. We've got to look at our pension funds and be able to provide an economic mechanism for them to be able to invest in this and return a reasonable return to their contributors who are the same people but also provide a social good to younger teachers or teachers in need. And we have to put a claim on government on behalf of this union and a claim on First State Super on behalf of this union to start developing some decent social policy that will allow us to invest in in affordable housing and social housing for people in the key workers in the community. When it comes to testing and assessment, there are ongoing concerns about policies both state and federal which insert additional assessment and reporting requirements that affect both teachers' work and their workload. One major ongoing area of concern is NAPLAN and the recent move to trial NAPLAN Online, having students conduct the test on a computer with all work, including extended writing pieces, to be marked by software rather than by people. At annual conference, Dennis Fitzgerald launched Crossroads, Federation's green paper into assessment policy in education. Copies of the paper, along with further information for schools, have been mailed to every principal and FedRep. Digital copies are available from nswtf.org.au forward slash crossroads. Arising from this discussion has been the launch of the NAPLAN hotline and the review of NAPLAN online. Federation is asking all members to contribute to a review of the trial of NAPLAN online. Information about the hotline has been emailed to all members and you can share your experiences by phone or by written submission. Already there has been a strong response, but we need as much information as possible to inform a complete picture of NAPLAN Online across New South Wales. So please, check your email for details and share your experiences. Finally, August 25 is Wear It Purple Day, a student-organised event to raise awareness of diversity in our communities and to prompt discussions about inclusion in our schools. Also, Federation's Future Teachers Conference is coming up in September. Dates and application forms are available from our website, along with up-to-date news and campaign information at nswtf.org.au.
Federation Update is produced by the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Spoken by Cameron Malcher, edited by Jason Nicholas. 